What up, Fatherhoods Nation? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. They've got ill creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Not only that, but Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and all that. You can make a little paper from your podcast too with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Yo, be a father. If not, why bother, son? A boy can make him, but a man can raise one. Be a father to your child. Be a father to your child. All right. All right, I'm recording. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Episode bleep of the Fatherhood Podcast. <laughs> Yo, we're not getting better at this shit. We're, our openings suck. Fatherhood. <sighs> um, you know what? I, while, while we talk, I want to give a shout out to um to the homie that that was giving us some love on Twitter, Mister Nick Cross. Uh, who seems to be appreciating the podcast. So big up to you, Mr. Cross. Uh, just for giggles or gigless. I don't know how you describe it or say it, but shout out to you, my brother. Thank you for the the listenership. And to all the rest of you who listen and don't comment in Twitter and Instagram, please jump on in. Say a few yeah. words. Yeah, we need that. We need those rating and uh, subscribe on, on your favorite podcast listening platform and all that good stuff yeah this is true and also uh i need because my vocals tend to be the shittiest of the three of us so i need some harassment uh because i don't know if that's actually happening and well let's explain to anybody who doesn't already know we do this via skype because we're all in different cities i'm in miami k's in um in la santa monica and uh you're in new york manny Yes. So, so it's always going to sound a little funky because of the yeah. Skype, you know, the then, Skype way we do it. And then when we have guests, uh, you know, we're calling them in or Skyping them in. So yeah. the beauty of podcasts is it can sound kind of janky, but hopefully the content is good. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. But, let, but let us know anyways, you know, what if there's a change in the sound or, or what you think of, of our vocals so that we can improve on this. And that's uh, Fatherhoods with an S pod. All one word, across Twitter, Instagram. Those are our primary and ones. Facebook, we have a. There's even Facebook. Yeah, there's, there's some Facebook action as well. So We're yeah, on MySpace as well. <laughs> <laughs> God, I hope not. All right. So I got I got uh, sick day today. Is uh, my my son is home sick. That shit had must the, be going around because had I, the had the nice one one oh two fever. Ooh, <laughs> that's no bueno. So here's a que- here's a question for you, Manny. Yeah. Um and E, I don't know if you've experienced this yet with with your daughter. Um when do you guys get nervous when when the fevers come on with the kids getting sick? Like at what point th- when yeah, the like, fever hits? Yeah. Oh, like I'm hearing you, something funky, guys, just FYI. Hmm. Not me. Nah. So we're just, okay. we're just gonna keep it pushing. My bad. Didn't mean to interrupt. I heard it sounded like a bunch of bells when Manny was talking. <laughs> it's like he was dropping some bombs over there. <laughs> that that mangoo was coming out. 
Uh, like so, you guys get, or when you had the, your your first kid, at least for us, it was always really when when he first started getting sick. It's like, oh man, fever 102. Oh, we got to go to the ER. <laughs> you know, like freaking out. Right. And then you start reading, and the doctors are saying, well, that's pretty normal for for young kids, especially when we're older. Those higher fevers are a bit more dangerous, but for the for kids, it's that's about normal. They're like, yeah, if it's 104, then you should come to the doctor. I'm like, damn. <laughs> Yeah, after I say anything after 102, we start to get a little scared. Uh, yeah, I'd say you know definitely 103. We're like, no, we're going to the doctor. Like whatever we're doing is not leveling this shit out. So we need to go get some professional help. But like honestly, we've never. I can't say that we've ever freaked out. And again, like you got to take it with a grain of salt because child one, I wasn't around for those early months. You know, early call it three three and a half years of, of her life right so i think a lot of the training happened then when it comes to you know that panic and freak out stuff that that most first-time parents um, expect so by the time my son was born my wife was already super you know knowledgeable yeah so like i didn't i didn't necessarily have a chance to freak out because i was kind of leaning on her <laughs> and not trying to be a pussy about it because anytime i would kind of panic she'd be like Yo, what's wrong with you, bro? Relax. This is yada yada. So, yeah, we don't we don't really panic too much. But my kids are also sick right now. Okay. Now, do you do you listen to them when they say, "Dad, I'm not feeling well. I don't want to go to school today." Do you look at them skeptical, like, "Are you just trying to get out of school?" Or do you actually believe them? I have a strange scenario. My son, he's in kindergarten. He loves school. Okay. He would prefer to go to school seven days a week. When the weekend approaches, the kid is depressed. He's like, "Fuck this! I really? want, I, I want to go tomorrow." So I, I, I always believe him if something's wrong because he's never the one to be like, "I want to stay home." My eleven-year-old, I started to not believe her when she was young, like you know, kindergarten, first grade. But that quickly, I, I learned to trust her really quickly because while she's not as interested all the time in going to school like my son is she's about her business so she knows she's got to get certain things done in order to like achieve certain things that she wants to do in life so i don't necessarily second guess her but i have been scared so she's the one that's been sick this week now going on second day and we've been trying all sorts of remedies and and i gotta put y'all onto a remedy for stomach bugs that i think is gonna pan out if you ever have it but because she's 11, the hormonal transitions are at, at play here. So I don't, and it's a stomach issue of some sort. So now I'm freaking out like, yo, is this it? Is this when the, the menstrual cycle starts? You're just scared, period. Yo, I'm, I'm, I'm dead. Yo, I'm, I'm oh, here terrified. We go. You, you are on, hilarious, dude. bro. Get over it, man. I, it's it, not that serious. It isn't. That's what's fucking with me. I know this is not that serious, but I, it's like, I don't know. You're gonna make it worse for her. Like you're, you're probably freaking out more than she's gonna freak nah, out. Nah, nah, nah. I'm trying to con- keep that shit on the wraps. Like when she'll say, like the other day, she was like, "Mom thinks it's my period." I was like, "Oh, don't, don't oh, say that man. around me." Come on, <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I don't know. I know. I know. It's hey, whack. Has your, has, your, has your daughter gotten sick, Eddie? Has I, I mean. I don't know, man. I, I like right. Actually, it's funny that you bring this up because today we took her to the doc. Well, my my girl took her to the doctor on some like we're worried about 
something. Uh-huh. And what it was is that she had been, she and actually, actually I've been wanting to call you, friends to see if they had the same issue. She's been rubbing her her eyes like, but I mean like damn near smacking her her face oh, and like really? rubbing and rubbing her eyes. That we tried to even put the mitts on her again. Yeah. And she took them off, and she, you know, and then she has her nails. She's like, oh, it's like my almost oh, like my dog. Like the nails start getting really sharp, and then the back of her ears. Herself. She's yeah. been scratching the crap out of the back of her ears, which turned out to be unrelated. Hmm. So, when uh, my girl took her to the doctor today, uh, they said that um, either a because of the change of the weather, it, it you know got a little cooler and, and drier, that maybe it's dry skin that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing they said. So they, I think they gave, uh, prescribed some cream, but then they also said, do you have a dog in the house? And they said it could be an oh, allergic wow. reaction to the dog, but the only way to really know is either a do like an elaborate test or, um, just notice when we leave the house for like a full day, if she does it and if she doesn't do it, you know, rub her, her eyes the same way. It's probably then the dog. Interesting. Yeah. Although... I would think that I mean she was been around the dog for months now. And... That, that's what I was telling my girl today. I was like, I don't think it's the dog, but my girl said that because it's a, you know, I don't know if my girl's. I take my girl like if she knows because I don't know. I just feel like the motherly instinct is something mm-hmm. to like respect. But um, she's saying because it's a you know a growing child that the immune system is constantly changing and it could be that it changed to all of a sudden be kind of allergic to the dog. I don't know. You know, that's what she threw out there. I think, like what you were about to say, that she's been around the dog, nothing's happened, but the weather did just change, and she started doing that. So I'm leaning towards the dryness, because I have a, like, my skin gets really dry easy if it's, like, no humidity in the air. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm leaning towards that, but we'll see. And the and the other, and in terms of fevers and stuff, we have been, you know, freaked out just as new parents that whenever we feel her warm, we have the thermometer that you just, like, point it. At her forehead? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and we're all like, 99, oh, <laughs> But then my girl's reading all these books, and she realizes that 99 is not that bad. No, that's fine. That's fairly, basically normal. So she's right. she's scratching in, like, the outside the, of her eyes. No, she's rubbing, rubbing her eyes, but I mean, like, violently, like, yeah. like where, to the point where she wakes herself up from sleeping. Because she's just, like, 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 just rubbing, 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 like, beating herself up. The She's scratching the back of her ear... And sometimes the side of her face with her nails, the back of her ear they said is more having to do with the teething part, where she's just like annoyed, and it's like you know I guess the jaw and all of that. Oh, yeah. and so she's like grabbing like the back of her ear from whatever for whatever reason. But the doctor said that, it, that in terms of the eye thing, he didn't see that it was anything. You know, we were thinking maybe because her eye started getting swollen a little bit, like red and a little bit swollen. So we thought maybe it's pink eye, maybe the dog licked her eyeball or something, and he checked her, and he says he doesn't see anything that indicates that she has anything other than some kind of reaction to either the weather or the dog. Eczema's a motherfucker. Yeah, she definitely has, like, you know, breakouts of eczema and stuff, mm. which I'm, I'm assuming this is in the same realm of eczema. They gave you, know, you the just... nystatin. Was that the, the cream? You don't know. I don't know. What the hell was that, bro? My bad. Very unprofessional. <laughs> that shit sounded loud as shit, dude. Oh, no, you're welcome, bro. Sorry, listeners. You're like our guests that won't turn off their phone. I'm turning it off. I'm turning it off. I thought I had Come it Venga, bro. It's too much technology, bro. Sound like you turned it fucking on louder. I'm saying. Yeah, kids and kids and doctors. That's uh, it's always a uh, anxiety-inducing. Just 
when something goes wrong, you're like, oh man, because you can't you can't really do anything for them except try to make them feel better if you can. But I mean, you gotta. I guess it gets easier when you have the multiple kids because then you're not so freaked out about it anymore. It's true, but I mean, it's same same with one kid. Like after you yeah. go through the motions a few times and you start to understand how they are and and that kind of thing. But everything's new with one kid, with your first kid or one kid. But everybody, even when we went to the doctor, everybody across the board is like, oh, man, this one you're all like this, and the next one you're going to be throwing around and, you know, <laughs> not giving a damn. I'm like, damn, that's kind of messed up for that second one. <laughs> that's true. The hell is that now? That's not me, bro. That sounded like it was in my crib. Apunta pa otro lado, bro. It sounded like someone was breaking into my crib or something. Oh. Yeah, my, son had, my son had surgery when he was three. Damn. Yeah. Surgery? Yeah. Wait, what? What, what happened? Yeah. See if I remember that. What happened? He um he had a what they call it a hydrocell. Oh, I think I do remember that. Yeah, it's, I do. It's basically the same surgery as her as a hernia surgery. I remember instead, you telling me that. But instead of it being an intestine, it's a hole in that area where water Terrible. starts to come through and fill up. So so uh so they have to go in and then they have to stitch it up and, and then... that that must feel very was helpless for oh, your yeah, child man. to ha- go into surgery, man. Like at yeah, that age, that was tough. Like we were in the doctor's office, and then they give him a put a mask on his face to kind of start to knock him out, and then oh, they wheel him out. Man, and, you I know, we're just sitting there like, ah, oh, man. Did did you? I'm assuming you were there while he was getting um, yeah, the anesthesia. Yeah. Did yeah. You, that phase when he's starting to hit the anesthesia starting to hit. Did, did he get kind of like loopy? Like, did you sense him speaking kind of really strange? Um, they what they did is they put they gave him um, they put a little mask over him and just said, hey, you know, breathe in, and it was some kind of calming, it, like whatever a it was, gas type of thing. Yeah, it was something that calmed him down that would so start to make him sleepy. And then as he started to get sleepy, they we walked him over to the the bed. And he laid down there, and then he fell asleep, and then that's when they, I guess, added, you know, did the rest of the anesthesia. Oh, okay. Because so my, yeah. my son had local anesthesia for a procedure they did on his, in his, like, it was just tooth extraction. It wasn't surgery. Yeah. But they had to numb his mouth. Yeah. I, no, I'm lying. They did it full on because he fell asleep. But, yo, the transition from when it took effect to when he fell asleep finally and out again after he was like it was wearing off yo i was pissed bro because it felt like my son lost his marbles like he was like trying to say shit and then he would laugh and like oh really it, Shouldn't yo, have, it, was, have one of it was so scary bro i was i was so mad and then like i don't know 30 minutes but, after. But who are you mad at? The doctor? The doctor. Hell yeah. You get pissed at the fucking people who so try then, to take what, care of So then they don't give him the anesthesia and he starts screaming, ah, no, bloody no, murder. No. Of course Then you, who are you going to be mad at then? <laughs> I just I just felt like they didn't set expectations properly with what I should have seen. That's why I was upset. Right. Okay. I, I, get I get it. it. I get it. I was actually more, I was a little more freaked out after he got out of surgery when we got him home and like the first couple of days of just like not being fully confident about the taking care of the the stitches and the bandaging and all that stuff and like it it fell off earlier than they told us it was supposed to and this is like in the middle of the weekend and you know we're calling up like what should we do <laughs> like we don't you know we see these right. stitches and you know what i mean and so and with a kid it's just hard for them to stay still and mm. all that stuff so that was 
let me let me tell you um something that I'm trying to take away from my life experience is that I remember this is like if it happened yesterday to me. I had to go to the doctor, to the hospital, or something. I'm assuming the hospital. That's what it was. And I and I had to do a procedure. And I don't really want to get into details of the procedure because it was like something they had to. Well, I'll tell you. I don't give a damn. <laughs> they, um, I think I had a, a maybe a urinary tract infection or something as a kid, and it was very. This might be too explicit for this show, but they, it was very crude the way that they had to figure something out or get a sample of something like they literally have to stick a, a yeah. long ass q-tip in your joint yeah remember don't 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 mess up the kirkland sponsorship <laughs> right <laughs> well no kirkland was the the, the the one who provided the the long q-tip, the q-tip. Okay, um, cool. Cool. but this is the this is the this is the takeaway for me i remember going to to do this oh. and my yeah exactly it still hurts me to this day i remember going to do this and i don't know i was like six years old or five years old some very young and my mom is telling me, no, no, don't worry about it. Nothing is not going to hurt. It's not, you know, to this day, I'm still terrified. I think of doctors because of this situation. So then she's like, no, no, it's going to be fine. Don't worry. Nothing, not, not going to let them hurt you. Blah, blah. Go in the room. And then on top of that, as a little boy, it was a, a, a nurse came in and she's like, basically like drop your pants. And I'm just like, <laughs> like, like uh, this is a thing, you know, like, you know, and so uh, and then my mom's like, no, no, it's not going to hurt. It's not gonna, don't worry about it. And then all of a sudden, it hurt. It, everything <laughs> my mom said it wasn't going to be, it was. Like, it was the, they didn't numb me. They didn't do it. They couldn't because, I don't know, they just shoved a freaking Q-tip in there. And it was the most horrendous thing in the world. And I remember I, I yelped, I screamed, I went, cra- I went crazy, dog. And I remember the funniest part, that afterwards, the, the nurse gives me, like, a, a little sticker with a happy face and a lollipop and she's like you were such a good boy and in my mind i'm saying to myself if i if i was a good boy then what what is a bad because i was fucking going crazy i was like you must have kids that do something crazier than me but i the takeaway from that is that i first i never trusted my mom again Mm. with stuff like that Mm -hmm. and that's how crazy hood was born <laughs> my girl's gonna probably be like, "Yo, TMI, dude." <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I just think like now, like with my child, I kind of don't want to lie to them about these type of things because, like, I feel like you know that that'll haunt them forever, and then they won't trust me. And I kind of want to be honest. But how are you honest about things that you know are gonna pain them? Well, you know what? It's going back to actually. So, Manny, you referenced uh, Sife's episode the other day, and I guess it goes back to what I, what's my takeaway from from his episode was him not um, lying to his kids ever about right. anything. It's like okay, that's a that's a. I, I respect him, but I think it's very difficult to not yeah. lie about it's, anything. It's hard, but the way and again, this is it depends on the stage of the child. Because yeah. they have to ha- be able to comprehend a certain level of things in order for what I'm about to say work, you know, for you. But for me, I usually compare and contrast worst case scenarios, right? So, like, for instance, getting a needle, a, a shot at the doctor. My kids terrified, all hate it, right? Even my 11 year old to this day, the biggest fear she has is probably that. But I'm like, yo, look, you you can get sick and yada. And remember when you were sick and you felt like you were dying, blah blah. blah? Like you got to kind of that's been working for us because like even though they hate it they muster up enough courage to go and deal with that particular thing but the sit the situation you just described i don't know how you prepare a kid for that 
because I've had a catheter in my joint. From I've never had a cat, but I could imagine, and I don't want to ever have a catheter because of what I experienced. Yo, my man, don't don't. I think you'd probably have to lie to the kid about that. <laughs> yo, there's no way they're gonna go in the room to <laughs> you. Got to, because there's no way you're gonna be like, yeah, they're gonna shove a thing in your pee pee. Nah, it's not. It's not going down. Bruh, but I'm telling you right now, I think I resent my mom to this day <laughs> over that shit. And I tell him, like, you're a fucking liar, dude. <laughs> I'm fucking 43 years old. I'm like, you're fucking lying to me right now. <laughs> I still look at her like, uh-uh, you ain't getting away with that shit. So I'm just telling you, personally, I think a kid can actually hold a grudge for life, Damn, son. it's something that affects them. Like, I mean, do, ima- imagine how traumatic that was. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I have PTSD from that shit. <laughs> Yo, that shit hurts me. Like, it might as well have just been aliens that abducted me and d- did experiments on me for for it to go through all that. At least that's something crazier, you know? They would have been nicer about it, I think. <laughs> no, they would have fucking hypnotized me or something. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Oh man, sorry. Where were well, we? We sidetracked for sure. Well, we can we we can flow into uh, this uh, PTSD convo because <laughs> I know someone who's got PTSD right now with twins, and that's our uh, that's our buddy. Recognize. <laughs> you good to go, Rick? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Yeah? Okay, so yeah, joining us tonight we got Recognize from the group Mayday and solo MC his himself, yeah. right? What up, what up, what up? Yeah. Yeah, good, and 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 in uh, all transparency, uh, an old friend of all of us. So yeah, you know, you know how we do it. Well, I I only met him once actually, and he doesn't. Well, he, you friend don't, by proxy. He he, I, <laughs> so. he doesn't remember that though, because it was at the at uh getting his license at the DMV in. Uh, Are you serious? In Kendall, yeah. Yeah, he was the guy that worked at the counter. No, Mahong. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "Excuse me, my friend." Nah, I saw I saw you walk in, and I tweeted you. On some like creep shit, like yo, why, why you at the DMV? <laughs> and then you turn, and I was like, yo, turn around. He was like, huh? <laughs> and I was like, ah! <laughs> uh, damn, that must have been a while back. That was like a, was a long time a minute ago. ago. Yeah, 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 it was a while ago. Crazy. All right, well, cool. Well, either way, uh, you're fr- we're friends by association. There you go. Yep. There you go. And uh, Rek is super talented, super dope. So for those that Thanks, aren't man. aware of him, check him out for sure. Check him out, man. So Check we were talking out. about uh, he, he has a little PTSD from a uh, a procedure a procedure from <laughs> back in the day and uh, and I think you have some P- PTSD from your twins right now. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm in a pretty decent spot right now. It's 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 actually better than it, it's it's been the whole year. But uh, it's yeah, definitely those first like three to five months were rugged. What's your what's what was the E had mentioned that you have some some layers to a name for these different layers or levels that you're going through here. Do I? What was that? Refresh my memory. Oh shit! I have fucking <laughs> lapse of memory. No, you did tell me. Uh, like, I don't know, you're, man. You're at level three. Yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> you told me something like that. You were like, "Oh, you've reached." This is in the beginning when she was she was just coming out of uh not being able to sleep, and you were like, "Oh, you've reached." You know, congratulations, you've reached, and you probably it was probably impromptu. I was probably, yeah, I, was made probably it up. I probably oh, never said it again it. after that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, just sort of lay, lay down the dynamic, Rick. You got uh, twins, right? And uh, yeah, I got twin oh. fraternal twin boys. Okay, um, and, and it's you and your wife in the crib, right? 
Yep, yep. Okay. So my wife in the crib. And um, yeah, the reason uh, in the beginning, oh, it's our first kids too. So we got the double whammy right off the rip. Right. Um, and twin, twins running her family. So she kind of, we kind of expected that she might have twins. But um, actually, to be honest with you, when she got pregnant, I, it really wasn't in my mind at all. And then we went to uh, the doctor's appointment and in the beginning of the doctor's appointment, she told the doctor, oh, you know, twins run in my family. He's like, all right, cool. I'll keep that in mind, whatever, whatever. Boom. Then he just does the scan. The first scan, there's one embryo there. And he's like, oh, everything looks good. All right, cool. You know, about to wrap it up or whatever. I'm like, all right, cool. And then as he's like packing up, my wife's like, oh, so just one embryo, right? And he's like, oh, that's right. You did say twins run in your family. Let me let me read it up and, and check it for you. Yeah, he had to check for he had to do well, he had to check it. Yeah, because it didn't come up the first time. Because, you know, sometimes people don't they don't realize they have twins the first appointment. Right. right. Yeah. I didn't know this is a thing, but apparently you can only sometimes see one embryo. He had so, to look around the corner. Bro, he really did look around the corner for real. And he did a little like, you know, okay, a little let me scan a little further. And then he's like, oh, there it is. Yep, second embryo. And I was like, bro, you got to be fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there is no way. Like, I really thought it was a prank for a split second. The way he did it, I was like, this is insane. I did that, you know, like the, the Kubrick shot or whatever. Like, <laughs> pun intended with the shirt. But yeah, I literally, my like, it was, I went into a momentary state of panic. <laughs> yeah. Intense. And so how long, how, how long did the pan- panic last? Um, it didn't last that long. It like it, and at that point, it was just like a like I really had to readjust for the next like couple of days, maybe tops. Um, because I was really excited about the pregnancy up until that point, and then Ada was like terrified. And then when we found out it was twins, she's always wanted twins. She so was she got, hyped, and you're terrified. Hyped, and I started being terrified. And then after that, it kind of wore off a few days later. And then the idea of twins was cute as hell right up until they got here (laughs) (laughs) so wait so there was there was a period of time where you were sober right you were you weren't drinking yeah 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 uh, throughout the pregnancy it wasn't right away when we found out she was pregnant but um we found out she was pregnant in like eight uh, was it feb march april somewhere it was it was just okay got you so in may in may i found out um in the beginning of May, we found out she was pregnant, and then I stopped drinking like halfway through the month, like a few a few weeks later. Basically, I we were kind of talking about it, and at that time, it was for two reasons. It was for one because she reversed psychology me into thinking like, "Yo, you wouldn't be able to do it," and I'm like, "What do you mean? Of course I could do it." You know what I mean? So she did that, and then on top of that, I was feeling like great. My health at that point was kind of like fucked up, so I was like, you know what? If if there's anything in my life that's gonna anchor me to not like drink, it would be this pregnancy, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the and the challenge for my wife. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna do it. So I did. Um, initially, it was supposed to be ten months for the pregnancy, and then I, I'm just weird. So when I got to like ten months, I'm like, bro, I'm two months away from a year. So I ended up extending it past when they were born, anyways, and I did the full a full year. So you get the news, you're getting twins. Binge drink for two weeks and then you get you go on the sober diet. Well, we went to we were we actually had gone on um, we went on vacation to Hawaii and we were in Hawaii for the first time ever and we found out she was pregnant right before we went. So she was like, damn, I can't drink or nothing. That kind of sucks, like bad timing. And I'm like, yeah, I feel you. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, oh, that sucks. But I had I had a few drinks on a plane and then when we got there, um, I had a beer and then it's like kind of like you're, you're when you're on vacation it's just you and your wife like and she can't drink for me it was just kind of like I don't even feel like drinking for real like right. I, I, you know what I mean I like I, I don't like getting smashed alone so it was like I, I kind of felt like I didn't really feel like drinking anyways so then that also kind of just started to like lead into the thinking of wow maybe I just won't drink for a while or whatever and and I knew the challenge for me was going to be more um, going on tour because going on tour sober is 
is tough. tough. Whereas right. like at home, it's, it's not that tough. But man, on the road or when you're at events and doing what we do in the entertainment business, bruh, it's just not drinking. That was rugged. <laughs> so when, yes. so Rick, when you, um, when they were born, what was the, I guess, what was the level of tiredness, nervousness? I mean, because at least for me, when my son was born, you know, it's it, it's all new and, you know, you're just tired and you don't know what to do. And so, you know, times that by two. You you, you got to tell like, that man? story. You got to tell that story <laughs> where you that like, where you imagine carrying one of them or something. Oh, <laughs> you got to tell that story. Definitely the the height of of my sleep deprivation was uh, I think it was a few it was like a couple weeks in and um, we hadn't slept much at all and um, my wife woke up in the middle of the night she turned over and saw me and I was like rocking back and forth and she was like babe what are you doing she's like I'm like it, he was hungry he was or he was crying he was crying I was saying he was crying and she's like babe that's a pillow and I'm like I <laughs> literally had a pillow in my arms was rocking a pillow back and forth I'm like oh I just dropped the pillow went back to bed and that's when I realized bro I was like I've always talked shit about like oh yo we stay up late yo insomniac crew blah 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 whatever whatever but the real sleep deprivation you get when you're caring for an infant is insane like it's I've never experienced anything like it and yeah I it's, got a two-pack yeah yeah the two thing was difficult because in the beginning um, my wife had some complications. She had like a hemorrhage in the hospital. So, um, oh, the, like everything was smooth, smooth pregnancy, no issues. We were like, oh man, super blessed. And then we get to the delivery, they deliver about like by cesarean, boom, the cesarean delivery Two, everything's cool. 10 fingers, 10 toes, all that jazz. Then we go, they bathe the babies. We're kind of just hanging out. Everything's cool. And then all of a sudden they come in and they're like, yeah, um, they're like trying to do the, you know, make sure she's not bleeding anymore. And the bleeding's not stopping. And then it went like DEFCON 3 or whatever. It was like intense. From one second, everything was cool. To the next, they're like, yeah, the bleeding's not stopping. You know, if they're, if the bleeding doesn't stop, they have to do a hysterectomy, this whole thing. And we're going to basically have to like uh, put in a balloon so that we can stop the stop the hemorrhaging. And that's going to take 24 hours. So then we couldn't, she couldn't nurse the babies. They put the babies in the, uh, took them to the nursery. So we got separated from them for a little while. And then they, she ended up having to go back in for surgery and had to put her under. So... They didn't really break this down to me, but and and luckily we've never I've never experienced this before. But when you come back from being put under, you're like hella cold and out out of it. I'd never seen anybody come back from that. So when they brought her back, it was pretty standard that she was all like shivering and all fucked up. But I didn't know that was just like a, a normal, normal, you know, reaction. what do you call it? Yeah, normal reaction. So when she they brought her back, it, first of all, she was gone for like an hour. So at like that hour, I'm sitting in the recovery room with like two or three other dudes that are all waiting for their women to come out of wherever. And like everybody's got the same look on their face. You know, like the guy next to me, I was like, how you doing, man? He's like, I'll tell you in 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, bro, I'm right there with you. So then when they brought her back, um, yeah, she was she looked tore up. And she was shivering and like she couldn't get warm. And there was like 10 people all swarming around her and nobody was paying me no attention at all. So I don't know what the fuck was going on. Mm -hmm. I was panicking, dude. So it was um, the doctor finally tells me like, oh, it went well. Now we just got to leave it in for 24 hours and we'll kind of revisit from there. So the reason why I tell that part of the story is um, they take us. It took us like two extra hours to get a room. When we finally got a room. They took us to the room and basically... My wife's like out of it at this point. She's just like can't move, can't can't focus, can't do anything. 
And the nurse goes like, okay, well, um, okay, well, that one needs a diaper change. And he looks like he's probably hungry right about now. I'll come back and check on you about an hour or whatever. And that yes. <laughs> she bounced on me, dude. And it's on. And it was on, yeah. It was yeah. on. Like, yeah, was, I, I think that's their steez. They do the crash course <laughs> thing in the hospital. They did that to us too with the one, you know. So it was crazy. Yeah, I was like, I was like, damn, there's more babies than there are me. Like, what are you the, doing? Like, they, the nurse, the nurse even looked at us and said, "Hey, you guys are parents now," and walked out the room. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Good luck, Godspeed. <laughs> yeah, that was intense. I didn't expect that. I thought they were going to be a little bit more. I mean, I get it. There was, there's like, oh, there's many other people in the hospital and all that, but I expected like the level of care to be a little bit more. Like what's weird is that um, when the nurses were changing, I noticed that some of them were really good and some of them were not just like, right, you right. know, like, like anything. Like if you go and experience 10 people who do a certain job, you're going to get five good, five bad. And we got that. So it'd be like, man, that nurse was the shit. She was so helpful and all this. And then the next nurse is like, nah, you know, whatever, just yeah. like Nurse Cratchit or whatever. So it was worse. Like, <laughs> um, so it was a little bit tricky that that first we were in the hospital for like five days um, after like for the recovery. And we got out on Christmas Day. Wow. So yeah, how how like, old are the how old are the twins now? They're about to be one on actually. Damn, do we did we were there for five days, huh? No, we weren't there. For, it felt like five days. How long was it? She said it was three nights. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I was I was gonna say because like five days to me. Because usually it's like cesarean. They they try to kick you out after three. In the okay, hospital, yeah, it's yeah. usually standard. Yeah. Okay, that was the longest three nights of my life. Golly, I couldn't wait to get out of there. Sure. But yeah, okay, so we had them on the twenty second. We got out on the twenty fifth. Um, so they're turning one year on the 22nd of this month. Oh, okay. So, All right. Yeah, man. It's about to hit and, that one year mark. And do you notice, uh, do you notice a, a big difference in them or I mean, what's, what's the, yeah, what's, yeah, their, no, what's their personality we style? We put them on a, um, well, actually, yeah, they're, they're super well tempered most, most of the time, but, um, they have definitely some different personality traits. Um, and they flipped on us in the beginning. Um, Corbin was real, like maniacal and real, like hot tempered. And Calvin was super chill. And then around like the five, six month mark, they did like a total 180. <laughs> now, like Corp super pensive and chill and like kind of just like checks everything out. And Calvin's like riled up, you know. Uh, so they definitely have like, yeah, different different personalities for sure at this point. That's crazy. Yeah, man. And you got you guys. So you guys tour quite a bit. I mean, there's a good chunk of the, the year that you guys are out on the road. What's that adjustment been like for you just in terms of? trying to balance the the family and being with the kids and then being on the road and you know just being a being an artist um yeah it's it's definitely um it's not too bad it's not too bad because at this stage of the game like i did a few dates like spot dates when they were still younger and mm -hmm. when i went away for those dates it was like luckily my wife's parents live across the street from us and they're super helpful they're like like some people like think about living that close to their in-laws and it's not doesn't sound favorable but for me personally like i get I get along really well with them and they're super super helpful and they had twins so they mm -hmm. like yeah. kind of have experience you know what i mean like they, they've been through it already you got so, the super cheat code bro yeah, I know, man. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I, I don't know where I'd be without them, like in the proximity that they're in, you know. So good karma, they, good karma, Rick. Yeah. yeah, they've been they've been really like helpful. So um, those few those first few spot dates, even with their help, we were like, oh man, like it's a little too young for us to be going away. And then luckily, we didn't go on a full tour until uh, just two months, these last couple months. And that um, they're a little bit easier now at this stage of the game to take care of with one person. 
you know? So like um, my, when my wife goes to work or when I'm like, we're just going out or doing errands or whatever, um, it's easier to just like, okay, you grab one baby, you go through the routine, you do them, boom, put them in the playpen and then you grab a second baby. It's not like you're never really overrun as much right. as we were in the beginning because they couldn't hold themselves up. And so at this stage, it's actually kind of chill. Um, but yeah, my wife did a really good job, man. Like for two months of, of us being out on the road, we did like a three week break in the middle. So we were gone for three and a half weeks. Then we came home for two weeks. Then we were gone for a month. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's tricky, but it's just like one of those things is, is part how of How about you know? emotionally though, being on the road? Like how, how did you feel? Like, did you feel guilty um, at any point? Like, um, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I, I tried to like be in touch as possible, as much as possible to just be like, at least there for like moral support, you know? Right. Um, but, um, yeah, like me, me and my wife have a really good relationship in terms of like communication and, and just she knows that when I get home. Yeah, I was gone for a month. But when I get home, it's on like I'm like up every morning. I'm taking the morning shift. I'm trying to like at least now go extra ham while like the, for the same amount of time that I was gone until we can start like balancing the scales a little bit. So right. she knows I'm good at like getting the get back. So like, yeah, I was out working for a month, but now I'm going to be like home and trying to do, you know, pull my weight as much as possible. So um, I, I didn't feel emotionally as like detached in terms of like missing them like i thought i would like right. burns like um like for those who don't know my my mc partner in mayday burns he has a three-year-old and he like is at a stage with his kid where like at three you you really miss the kid because the mm -hmm. kid you got right. on you got relationships so like i had that with the boys but not to the degree that you know i'm witnessing my friend having it as because like my boys are still so young that the personality connection is not all the way there yet you know so it's like it. it wasn't as hard as I expected it to be. And that was actually a huge factor in in Plex, who was another made a member founder, right? I think and the Geo. The, and the tour, the touring factor. Yeah, um, yeah Plex and Geo. I think that was a, I I definitely, was a deal breaker for I them. Definitely before I had the kids, friend like from a friendly point of view, judged them slightly for leaving the group and you know what I mean? And like I understood, but at the same time I was like, man, you know, like I kind of was a little harsher in my critique. And then now that I have kids, I was like, nah, I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Like I could see it now, like after going on this last tour and coming back, like I was like, okay, I could see where like this could get old and you would be like, man, is it really worth it to be gone that amount of time for my kids? And you know, I, I like, as, they're, as they're getting old. Yeah. Cause I mean, with Plexus kids, they were older. And so they, they miss, they, so they can communicate to you that they miss you. So you get that extra. Yeah. Right, that, sure. that extra you layer. To, you kick it, you kick it more for real. Like now I'm just kind of like taking care of my, my babies at this age. But like at that age when Plex left the group, they were his like homies for real. Like they, yeah. And they yeah, but, like, but even young, even when they're babies, you're miss, you could, if you're gone for a long stretch of time, you could miss like milestones and, and oh, for sure. it's that you kind of like will be like, damn, man, like I would have liked to have seen that. Like, um, I like, definitely missed a few milestones on this tour. Yeah, like the infamous sure. first step. That joke. Yes. Right. Luckily, right. I didn't miss the first step on this one, but I missed them standing. For, I missed one of them standing for the first time. Um, so I missed that. And then what's kind of cool is that because I have twins, that they're not their milestones aren't aren't synced. Mm -hmm. So like one one stood up, Corbin stood up while I was gone, but Calvin didn't. When I got back, Calvin stood up in front of me. So I was like, ah, I missed. He was one. holding out for you. Yeah, he kind of waited <laughs> for me. Like, yeah, it's kind of cool. So it's like I, I kind of like was able to like get the cheat code on that one too. Right. I missed one milestone, but at least I caught the second. And then I think the added stress of the musician thing is, um, or in the entertainment business is that there's a lot of jobs that pull people away yeah. from their families. Like mm -hmm. bro, fishermen, crab fishermen, you know, fun door to door salesmen. Now, there's a million right. jobs. That yeah, any, yeah, any, yeah. But with the entertainment thing, sometimes um, like significant others aren't 
they don't know how to register that like a regular job. So it's like you, you're going out and doing shows kind of looks like you just out there fucking around for real. You know, okay. so like all you can do really is bring home the check and just be in communication and do everything you can do to make it easier on them because it can be a little bit tricky from from people. Yeah. So I can understand why some of our guys had to leave the group. And it's tough. Do you so this I so you when you come back from tour and you're kind of going extra to help balance out everything, what do you think? that comes from i mean is that a trait that something that you learned from your dad or is that something that uh, I, I, we've been talking about like what uh influences our dads have had on us or lack of influence which is you know want to made us you know be better fathers that kind of thing where, do you, where does that come from for you uh, well my parents split up when i was seven so i grew up with my mom mostly in her house but i would visit my dad like twice a year so like summer break christmas break i would always go kick it with my dad so um my dad the time when my dad wasn't quantity based it was totally quality based and i have a great relationship with my pops but um that was because he was focused when he was with us and he kept communication and i just looked up to the dude and like always loved the dude even though he was you know states away um but my mom is definitely the inspiration for that kind of behavior because she's just, bro, she's like your classic British, super kind, used to nanny, like was a nanny growing up. Like she's just really good with kids and really good with like being mindful of others and just like just being really polite to people. So I think I kind of picked it up from that where it's like if I'm in a situation with somebody and I feel like somehow I'm tipping the scales on them, it makes me uncomfortable. It's, it's like, uh, I just don't, I don't run a, like, I'm well aware of like, yo, I'm getting over on you right now. And I don't like it. I don't like the feeling of that. So that goes with my wife too. So it's like, okay, I know that in my head, I'm like, okay, I knew that you changed them this last time or whatever, or this last five times or whatever. And then I'm like, all right, you know, I got to go change in front of this next five times and try to keep it balanced. Because if it starts to feel a little bit too unbalanced, it makes me uncomfortable. It's just a weird, like, it's a weird trait that I like have embedded into me at this point. That's that's kind of crazy to me to hear, uh, for me to hear, because the way you spit, you're so vicious and like methodical, <laughs> like <laughs> like take no prisoners, kind of you know spit. For you to tell me, yo, I, I kind of care about you know <laughs> making shit even is kind of crazy to hear. Um, yeah, well, that that's because for me, rhyming was like um, my one way to get that out because in my personality, it does. If, if for anyone who like really knows me personally, mm. they know that I'm not really like that. Mm. So like, rhyming was the one place for me to like the way that they're like, oh, if you want to get some aggression out, go hit the punching bag or whatever. Rhyming for me would be that, and battling, MC battling would be that for me for sure because I was never like a brawler dude, never really had the like cojones to like go up to a dude and like punch somebody in the face so my version was like i'm gonna get on the mic and we know that we're not gonna physically affect each other right. <laughs> but we can disrespect one another so that was my way to always like get it out for real so yeah it's just like really on the on the mic i was like especially when i was younger i was super angry that's where i put all my anger but then when like anything off the mic it was always just you know yeah it was chill it was just i don't know it was the, it was the other the alter ego I, I wonder what sife would say to the balance of the of the diaper changing did you so Saif was on our show, Cypher Sounds, and okay, he yeah. says he says he's he's yet to change a diaper, right? Yeah, he avoids uh for his most recent child, yeah. He, yeah, he, he he's avoided it. Yeah, he um, finds the most genius ways to not be there when it needs to happen. Damn there's so but damn there's so many um diaper changes. That's like that's you gotta get creative then like <laughs> Yo, you must be creative. Um, actually actually my wife my wife listened to that episode and she goes, You know, I was really enjoying everything that Sife said and then I got really mad when I heard he tries to avoid the diaper change. <laughs> oh man. My um my wife's uncle 
he saw me changing the diaper when they came by to visit one time and he was like, oh, I don't know what that's like. I've never done that before. And they're like, they're like 20, I mean, 20, 25 years older than us. So I was just like, ah, whatever, you know, a little bit old, a little bit like different time. Plus they're from Nicaragua too. So maybe just like different space, different time, different culture. Cool. You know, so in my mind, I just took chalk that up to like, a really diff- different era, but to hear about someone doing it now is like holy shit! I don't know you could still pull that off in this day and age. <laughs> yeah, I think it's def. I mean, I don't know if it's culture or what, but even when I've done it around family or whatever, and I've taken like where it's like I'm gonna do it, not being asked to do it. Right. Like I'm like, no, no, I'll go change her. My my family or or people will look at me like, wow, yeah, yeah, you don't have to show off in front of us. I'm like, nah, yeah. this is what we do. You know, like I got no problem with it. I just I just think that's the over like that's the whole problem with what everyone views you know this general idea of dads that don't you know dads that don't do shit right or it's a big deal when we do something that's uh that's you know care driven you know what i mean and it doesn't that's not the case i mean that's true i like i'll uh i don't know i could be in the supermarket with my son or whatever and you know i'll i don't know he asks dad can you reach up and get this for me and i do it and you know the older folks around me look at me like, oh my, like I just like, you know, second coming of Jesus Christ or something. Like <laughs> I'm like, yo, bro, what? That's my kid. I have to do what he wants. Your wings came out and shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, you know, and it's nothing. It's whatever. But uh, like you're saying, there's a stereotype with us dads that we're like useless. Right. Yeah, and my thing is like, uh, for as far as like your relationship with your lady goes, like there's so many things that could pull, put stress on a relationship between a man and a woman, bills, like, you know, family, life, work, whatever, that the least thing, I, the least thing, the last thing I wanted to be arguing about or to her, for her to have, be holding some spite about is the fact that I don't change enough diapers. Right. Fuck that. We got way other shit, more important shit to worry about. So I feel All like right. I'd rather have the scales be even so that that's never like a thing, you know, when it comes down to like something negative popping up in our life. Like, fuck that. I'm the the I'm way a- that... I'm sorry, I'm a, Manny, but yeah, yeah. No, the way that I was looking at um at changing diapers for me was like it's the it's something that I know that I can do with no like that's like it's almost satisfying to know like I'm cleaning my baby and it's something that you know because my girl she's you know she's breastfeeding she you know I feel I was telling them earlier like I feel like I kind of like res- like look to to my girl because I feel like they. I respect the motherly instinct thing that they, mm-hmm. you know, I, I kind of believe in that. So for sure, I for look sure. to her for direction in some things, even though we're both first time parents. But like when it came to change, I'm like, I can do this. And it's like, it's satisfying. I'm, I'm doing something positive that, that helps my child. It's keeping them clean. Like, I don't know. It just, it feels very satisfying to do it. So it was like no problem for me. Like I didn't see an issue with it. I could dig that. In the beginning, I was definitely a little bit like, um, I'm, I'm definitely not like a get your hands dirty kind of kind of guy. Like I'm not right. handy at all. Like I've just never been that dude. I'm the like sensitive poet in the corner and shit. I don't build shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's not my vibe. But um, so I was definitely a little bit like apprehensive at first about like I was I was like, down to clumsy do it. about it. Yeah, like a little clumsy about it and just like not doing it all the way right and having to learn as you do. And um, I think also the the pressure of having two also like threw me into the mix of like yo I gotta because there's there's no way to not help. Like it was just like you need to help at some point right. to flip it, or you have your own baby and then your partner has her baby and then she's doing the change. Boom, she takes the baby, and then you got to do the change with the baby you got. So and there's just no way around that shit, you know. So it's just like at the end of the day, it's just it's just no way around it. Right. How do y'all manage? Because I mean, there, there's like a domino effect with a lot of things when it comes to twins, right? Specifically, if one wakes up in the middle of the night, it's likely that the other one's also going to wake up. There's, I'm assuming there's a lot of moments like that. How do you guys work through and manage the chaos? Um, 
Yeah, we had a lot of problems with that in the first five months, and then um, we we found some sleep training guide on online, and that this lady she didn't even have twins, but the sleep the sleep training guide that she had um, combined with there's like a vlog a video vlog that um that my wife follows that they have twin girls, and basically the whole science behind it was we, what we were doing was we were rocking the babies to sleep, so then we would put them to put them down when one would wake up, he would startle the other one because they went to sleep in silence, you know? Mm-hmm. So what we switched, when we switched it around is um, we started forcing the naps in the daytime, which helped a lot. And then we would put them, to, put them down awake and then they would cry for a little bit, but they would go down. And then if one woke up, he wouldn't wake the other one up anymore. So right now they, it, it takes a lot of crying to wake the other one up at this mm. point because they kind of get used to the noise when they're going down. And then once they finally do go down, it's it they got to wake up on their own or it has to be like an excessive amount of crying, you know? So like sometimes we've had now, we got to the point where if one baby wakes up and he'll cry for like five to 10 minutes tops, um, the other one will wake up and then he'll go back down. Chill. Cool. Mm. But it, it took like two or three weeks to like of, of some, so a lot of crying to Wait, get there. But you said you put them down awake and they fall asleep on their own is that did i hear that right yeah 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 we don't do the rocking anymore like i have i have friends who told me they do they still rock them to sleep like well into the next like oh so when did that start though so i know because i'm looking forward to that (laughs) (laughs) we got tired of rocking man it was getting so bad that i was starting to rock like i was rocking with no baby in my arm like and not just unconscious like really like just kind of doing this all the time rocking back and forth i'm like wait fuck i'm not even putting anybody to sleep you, oh, you were, yeah. you're falling asleep you're like uh, hugging yourself <laughs> it got bad yeah it got rough so so got what tired. age um we started out at um like almost just before six months so like at okay. the six month at the six month six month mark we started um she basically has the schedule that i could send how's your daughter now she's seven months she's seven months oh bro i got this i think it actually is a seven month oh no it's a six a six month program but we've been doing it ever since six months to now and um i'll shoot you i'll shoot it to you so you can just see it but okay. basically this lady she does two hour wake up times so like they'll wake up at say 7 30 we feed them bottle then they're up for two hours and then at 9 30 you put them down for that that first nap and then you put them down awake so it takes like you know between 10 15 minutes tops they kind of sometimes in the beginning they would cry for a for a significant amount of time, you know, like what, what felt like a significant amount of time, five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever. And then, cause it feels like way longer always. But, um, but now they cry for like 10 seconds. But, but okay. But what if she's like, like, my daughter moves around a lot. So, so if she's awake, she's trying to sit up, like, like she's moving, she's like flipping herself to the over. Like, how do you handle um, that? But she's in a crib, right? Or yeah. 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 No, they move around. They move around for sure. But like once they, you, you're supposed to not do that until, um, until yeah, they can flip over. Once they can flip over, then you're you're cool because yeah, they get in the crib and they move. Like some now they they stand. My boys stand up and they like man, they do a little bit of whatever. They go back and forth and then they'll roll over. They're kind of playing for a minute, but then they eventually just know that it's time to go down. They you knock know, they, out. Okay. Yeah, they just knock out eventually after they kind of like tire down themselves. Down, Frazier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm still amazed that uh, the diaperless baby. Uh, Katie yeah, no, nobody's right. believing this. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> no, I, le, le, I, living proof. For sure, for sure. And That's we the one and, and, and and we did it. Uh, you know, not not so. What's the word I'm looking for? We did it uh, kind of mid range style. Right. Okay. You what? Know. Like, what is it? What does mid range style mean? Like, not as like meaning the meaning hardcore is people who they would never use a, a one diaper at all and. And you're basically going diaper free from the minute the baby's born. It has to be dirty. Like it has to be a mess. No. 
has I'm to sure that yeah yeah I'm sure I'm sure that's the part that I'm just wondering yeah. like like I I'm sure we could all do it but then we'd have to carpet clean at yeah. least once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bro, yeah, man, I got yeah, we got two firemen over here, bro. That's <laughs> bro. Like, I can't. Me, me, Ada talked about it. I told her when I when I heard that you guys mentioned it for the first time on the show. I was talking to her about it, and she was just amazed. And she was like, "I just can't imagine two our two babies running around with no diapers on." And I'm like, "I know, I can imagine it. It's great, but it's still just not, scary. Still not too late, man." <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. I definitely want to try it earlier than you know than the standard. You know, I would love to get to that point, but it's yeah, it's intimidating. Like. like Paul, you know, aka Weird Thoughts, he wants to come on here and he wants to interrogate Kay about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it you know, one thing my girl was saying, because she, she listens to the show and she's like, that you mentioned, Kay, that you kind of get the sign that they're going to go to the bathroom. My girl's like, yo, we don't know. My, my daughter's like a, a silent killer. Like, she'll just look at you and she's peeing or pooping, you know, like, like how would you even get a sign? My, you know, well, you so didn't my- say sign language. Yeah, yeah. So there's the signs. The, there's, there's, there's the signs that you make, and then and then also you teach them sounds. So that's another part that I left out. Like I'm I'm basically giving you the half-assed version of all. I start remembering stuff like after the fact when my wife, you know, will politely remind me. Right. <laughs> I can't believe you forgot to tell them this and this and that, you know. So yeah, but then you're you're holding the baby. You're talking to them when you're going to the bathroom. As they begin to start going to the bathroom, you you kind of teach them sounds for going to the bathroom. So you could make up a sound for whatever that is. Well, <laughs> would be yeah, that, that could be that could be one, right? Uh, <laughs> and then and then you make the, the the hand the hand signals for it as well. And as and you know, so you're with you're holding the baby. You're close to them all the time. You're teaching them these sounds and these sign language. So then they start learning how to do it, and then they repeat it back to you when the time comes. You know. So h- how do you do that for pee though? If you don't know that they're peeing though. There you go. That's it. <laughs> no, no. But if you don't know, if I mean the pee doesn't really make it, like you could more or less tell when they're pushing poop out. You wipe well, you, when when they, when you they wipe first, it on their like, face. Like when they start when they start when they start going to the bat. Like if you see them you know go into the bathroom or it, in their diaper or whatever or if you or if you're starting to like just take the diaper off of them and put them on a potty and see what happens that kind of stuff it's, it's basically just teaching them the the noises that you want them to learn for what the what these yeah, it seems, seems rough man i still don't um, see and, it and, uh, and pretty, how many how many can you how how many estimated accidents did you have on the way to this euphoric place, <laughs> place? <laughs> no we didn't we had um Dude, your baby must be the second coming of the Dalai Lama, man. And we had, we, we had, we had three, we had three accidents. Three accidents. Three accidents. Yeah, but this this was all him when he was sleeping, like in in his, uh, and this was after we pulled off the, because we did it in stages. We did, we did it in stages of daytime. Take the diapers off once we knew that he could, you know, manage that, and we could, we we could handle that situation. Then we kept diapers on while he was sleeping at night, and then after he got more kind of trained and just doing that then we took the diapers off at night as well and then there were a couple accidents just him peeing in the in in his bed um and then yeah do you think the accidents help teach them as well no i didn't i don't think so okay accidents help my son so well it was an accident he would poop in his pamper and my wife would Avoid changing him for a while. Now, oh, I don't re- I don't recommend it because they can get a rash. <laughs> yeah, What's yeah, next, yeah. waterboarding? Can- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
But yo, he he hated being dirty. So he thought he was slick because we were trying to potty train him and he'd be like, no, nah, I don't feel like it. Like straight up, like, no, nah, I know I can do it. I just don't feel like it. And oh, so you got a, a grown kid talking like that. Well, he was already. two. He was two. He was two. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to do it. He was two. And, and all our kids, luckily for us, they communicate very well. So like it wasn't like Google Gaga shit. It was like real clear speech. So my wife was like, oh, uh, you don't want to because you can make this choice. All right, cool. So then you're just going to sit in your shit. And after a couple of times, he was like, you know, I don't want to do this no more. Let's go. And, then, and that's why he stopped. Yeah, but, I'll do it. But my so my two year old she's gonna be three soon. She we still rock her ass to sleep. Do you? Yes. Oh, so send That's me the it. manual. I don't know if I could do the <laughs> bottle shit, but I gotta find something because the shit ain't really, working. You just gotta be. You just gotta be okay with a little bit of crying. That's it. If you're cool with that, like, because a lot of like a lot of parents tell me they don't want to do it because they they love rocking their kid to sleep. It, they kind of get used. To, like you, it is soothing to rock your kid to sleep. Yeah. Um, but then when if you try to put them down without rocking them they they're gonna cry it's just mm-hmm. a natural thing they're gonna be like fuck this i don't want to go sleep right. and if you're cool with that because some some parents can't can't stomach that shit yeah um, my girl it, has issue with that yeah yeah a few a few like a few of my friends that i know that have kids are they like nah fuck that I, they don't want to hear the kid cry but my thing is like the crying is really only the worst in the first couple weeks you gotta you gotta really thug it out for one week the second week started to get a little easier and then now it's like cake like I put them down, they do a little bit of whining. By the time I'm down the stairs on the cam- on, and checking the camera on them real quick, they're already they're already chilling. They're already just like, cool, all right, well I'm here. I think, I think, yeah, I think we, we didn't do just, any sleep train. I think we no. quit. I think nah. we quit because we got we got a third. This is our third kid, and I think after the second one, you know, second one we took serious, and now with the third one, I feel like we just like, yo, fuck it, just <laughs> whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see but that. See, I, but see, I can't I can't just drop them off in the bed and and be out like that I, you know, i'm still in the bed reading to him until he falls asleep and, yeah all, all that kind of stuff wait so you just cold turkey just you lay him there and let them figure it out right um yeah yeah basically <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, just trying to think, I'm trying to think if we did anything now nah, we didn't like sit with them or anything like that nah, he um, left them like, food and water yeah. bro <laughs> <laughs> um nah yeah we just yeah that was it we just we just Started putting them down awake and just saying, yo, you know, good night, you know, have a good night, nap, whatever, whatever, boom, and then you walk out and and then you just gotta thug it out and not go back. And your lady, you your, your lady wasn't like suffering going through. No, it? She's cold. She's cold with iron. Damn. <laughs> she's cold with it. Yeah, That's she's cold, cold with it. She that, thugged that it helps. out because for sure, for sure, because there was a couple moments where I was like, damn, are we doing the right thing? This feels like kind of savage for real. Like, right. you know, and she's like, nah, they gotta learn, they gotta learn. And she's like, I'm telling you, all the research I've done just it shows that they're gonna acclimate and, and it'll be better for us because if we don't do this they're con- gonna continually affect each other in the sleep mm-hmm. you know and like that was our biggest thing it was the one yeah one baby, yeah one baby goes through teething a little mm-hmm. earlier than the other one and it's gonna make it really difficult for that other one to even get sleep and then we're like what are we gonna do we're we gonna separate them we're we gonna put them in different rooms like mm-hmm. we don't even have that much space you know like right, we don't yeah. have space for that so we really had the only the only option for us was to get them used to like going to sleep, putting themselves to sleep, and not being woken up by the other one. So that's that, that, those were our main drivers there. That makes sense. Makes, it was makes one. Sense. I'll tell you what, it was a world of difference when when it when we, it did like set in after those first two weeks. It was like night and day. It was that was definitely like a turning point for me in terms of like stress level. 
Um, because before that we were having, you know, you, you don't, you don't even have your time to shower. You like the, the minute the baby wakes up and like makes one noise, you're like in there. It's yeah. Like, that's, that's what we're going through right now over here. And, and I, and I tell my girl, I'm like, like, cause she'll be like, she wants my girl wants to do something. She'll be like, here, you have to hold the baby or, you know, yeah. or don't, don't put the baby down. So I'm like, yo, bro. And this is where I start to feel guilty. I'm like, I don't know. I just don't. Doesn't feel like this is the way it's supposed to go, yeah, yeah. you know? Sure. <laughs> like sure. it's like you know, it's like we we need a babysitter for ourselves now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like it's yeah. just crazy. So it makes sense what you're saying, and and hopefully my girl listens to this episode. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It, um. It's yeah. I'm telling you, it definitely. You just gotta really like grit your teeth for that first week. That was the toughest part. The first week was the roughest, but it really by the time we got into the second week, even it, it was it was much smoother. And then the amount of extra time. Um, cause I know your girl, like feel like I see her on IG, like she has the same stresses that I had about time and yeah. just like getting a moment to yourself or like take a shower, go to the bathroom, do whatever you got to do. So, um, the amount of extra time that you buy yourself by doing that is nice too, because normally you, that whatever, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, you're rocking them instead of that, you're putting them down. And then for 15 to 20 minutes while they figure it out and just kind of slowly put themselves to sleep, you could go take that shower or whatever. And, right. and, and as a, a parent in your first year, extra 20 minutes is like a lifetime. Yeah. I think the 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 one caveat to our situation, and I don't know how much. I mean, I'm sure it affects is that uh, we're my girls really worried. I mean, we're both worried about um what is it called cradle crown? What is it uh, the I, about the, the the flat head thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and yeah. our daughter, you know, it's gotten better, but the doctors still like they they want to send us to a cranium specialist or whatever because uh-huh. they're saying there's a possibility we might have to put that little helmet on her mm-hmm. yeah yeah to round out the head and then and then my girl's super paranoid about it because she feels like she, her head is flat and it's because her parents you know um you know she has her personal story her mom you know was was battling disease when she was a baby and all that so so they they didn't really like pick her up as much as they should have mm-hmm. so therefore she got that so mm-hmm. she's very like overly paranoid about it so I don't know, you know, like about putting just putting the baby down. Like, I guess my girl's worried about putting the baby down her back more than she needs to be, basically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's sure. what she's stressing about. For sure. Um, she She's not uh, flipping over like yet from stomach she, to back. Um, I, for, I forget which way she goes one way, but not the other way. I okay, can't gotcha, I can't gotcha. remember. You know, she gotcha. hasn't mastered both. Yeah. Yeah. By the time that we I want to say that by the time we had put the boys in, they they were starting to flip quite regularly so we weren't too concerned with that because we were worried about that at the, in the beginning too one of our boys had the the flathead like symptoms as well like he, right. he 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 had it and the doctor was like nah it's gonna be cool you just kind of have to make sure you rotate him and make sure he's not always on the same right. side of the crib and we tried pillows and putting you know all that all the stuff so he wouldn't lean to that one side and it um eventually subsided and then the doctor was like nah you're, you should be all right and then by that point we weren't worried about it anymore when we we started putting them in there so yeah once you guys get clear of that i think you'll be able to like to, to start like kind of sleep training her a little bit. All right. Okay. Yeah. And it's good. They sleep longer too. They sleep longer. My boys sleep 11 hours, 10, 11 hours. Damn. They go to bed. Once we started, once we started, nice. that's another, that's another, uh, what do you call it? Uh, inspiration to do it is, um, they, they go to bed at seven 30 at night. They take two naps during the day. They used to take three. Now they take two and, um, they sleep from seven 30 to six 30. What's their regular day naps time wise? Um, like, anywhere between an hour and two hours they don't okay, they don't normally yeah. yeah they don't normally go over two and then on a rough on a rough day they'll, they'll do like a 30 minute or whatever but most of the time it's like about an hour hour and a half yo I between you and k we got the keys to life here man we just need <laughs> to make it, make the car run quick <laughs> i yeah. had to cut the naps out at uh i think probably around two 
between two and three because once he's at some point the he wouldn't fall asleep if he had a nap during the day he'd be up till 10 30 right. 11 at night couldn't get him to sleep and he'd still yeah. wake up at six in the morning Oof. The more, the more we, the more we do these podcast episodes, the more I find that I'm fucking up. <laughs> I'm like really fucking up. Hey, you on your third? On my third, B. You would think I would know better. You definitely <laughs> fucking up. Though. This sleep shit is real <laughs> fucked up. I need, you um, know. And 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 one of the things I learned, obviously, like I, I kind of, it's one of those things that you know beforehand, but you don't really know until you're there. Is that like every kid is different? You know, you hear it all right. the time, but you don't really know. Like every kid is different, and and some kids don't respond well to that kind of stuff. Or like you said, he couldn't, your boy couldn't take naps, um, because he would he wouldn't sleep well. Whereas like our boys weren't napping in the daytime, and they were sleeping bad. And when we started napping them in the daytime, they start sleeping better at night. So it's just mm. like. It's just that, yeah, there's no one one size fits all, but there's definitely methods to try for sure. And some of them will work and some of them won't. But when we when we got that started getting that full night's sleep and they were sleeping 10, 11 hours, we were like, yeah, this is this is the truth. Have you so I don't know if you still have family out in the UK. Uh, Do you? Yeah, my father lives there. Okay, so have you taken the kids abroad to go see him or is that coming? Not yet. Not yet. No, no. We were talking about it. Um, my sister actually took her, my sister's crazy. She took, um, she has, uh, let's see, she took, this is like a couple years ago now, but at the time she had a three-year-old daughter and a new, like a, you know, six month or nine month or almost a year old son. And she took them by herself to fly to go see my pops. I don't know why her husband at the time he was working or something, he couldn't do it. And my, my sister was dead set on like, yeah, I'm going to take the kids. So she, the flight actually ended up being kind of smooth for her, which was surprising. Cause I thought it was going to be a nightmare. And she was like, no, the flight was cool, but the trip in general was stressful. She was like, nah, I fucked up. Like I taken them and it was just like not the right conditions. And it was a mission and you know, one parent at the time. Um, so that kind of scared me for a little while with the thought of taking them, taking them that far. But um, you know, I, I think if we go with two parents, it's going to be way different. Um, and there's a few things I would do a little differently after hearing about her trip. Um, so we talked to my pops about going over there and, um, my pops is the kind of guy who's like, oh man, you guys are going to spend all that money to come over here. Hold on. Let me try and see if I come over and see y'all first, you know, like, and yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, all right, cool. He's got like, my pops has some visa problems. I'm like coming over here because okay. he got into some shit trying to come into the, to the country when Obama was being inaugurated. Hmm. So the second time. Um, so, uh, so he, he's trying to work out, see if he can come over, but I think we're probably going to end up making it to him first. Um, and then, yeah, that'll be the interesting uh, trip of taking them on a nine hour flight. Um, I actually, I actually flew with a guy who had twins that were like two, about two or three years old. And, um, he told me, well, he didn't tell me anything. First I'm watching him and I'm like, okay, this is before my wife gave birth. And I was watching the dude and I'm like, damn, you know, I was projecting myself on every parent I saw trying to envision like what it's going to be like or whatever. And at the end of the flight, I turned to him and I was like, Hey man, I'm about to have twins. Like you had any advice for me? And he was like, look, the first year, year and a half is brutal. Like it's going to be rugged. It's going to be rough, all this. But then when you get to the age that they're at right now, it's dope. Like you see me, I'm here by myself. My wife's not with me right now. I'm flying with them on the plane and they're kind of like doing their own thing. And they were the whole flight. They were kind of bouncing off each other. So it was like a, a goal in my mind where I'm like, oh man, like I could see myself taking them on a flight, even a nine hour flight. And they're going to be a little bit more equipped to like deal with boredom because they have each other. So mm-hmm. that was my one, like I kept holding on to that thought the whole time through all the like stressful early months, you know, I'm like, Oh, one day they're going to be entertaining each other. and shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Um, so yeah, I, we haven't traveled with them far. We're about to take them to Disney for their birthday, which is really that's more dope. for my wife than it is for them. But, um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, that's going to be like our first real like test of like having them out in the open. We haven't really in the first year taken them out a lot. Like I see some parents take their kids all over the place. I've seen kids like, like swimming in the fucking, in the, in the, in the ocean and shit. And I'm like, bro, holy shit. It's like, to me, babies like still seem kind of fragile to a degree. So we've been a little bit more like apprehensive about like adventuring out with the kids, especially because two of them out in there just doubles everything. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, Disney coming up is going to be our first, uh, our first gauntlet to, to get through. So we'll <laughs> see how I'll let you guys know how it goes. Take, take it from a guy who took his kids to Italy and, and Belgium uh, three kids, two parents, and a grandmother, all on the same trip, all different needs. iPads mm, save yeah. lives, bro. I hear that. <laughs> Fully stocked Netflix, the shit that you can watch offline, gold. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I, I definitely, in the beginning, before we had the kids, was, like, trying to be all thugged out about, like, yo, like, no TV. Screen and, time. Know, Wi-Fi in the kids' room and shit, like, and all this. And, like, yo, bro, I already got a Google Home in the nursery to turn up the lights <laughs> and shit. Like, I folded on all of that. And then, like, the TV, even at a, at a young age, like, it freaks me out sometimes, but it's it's so good at, like, getting their attention. Yeah, know? man, it's, it's crazy. Hard hard to not you know if they're in a funky mood like and i have a little playpen set up in front of the the tv turning on that tv really just levels the playing field for a second so i just i told my wife like i try to be mindful of like i don't like it to be on all day and like and they're getting hammered with commercials before they even know what yeah. the fuck's going on it just, yeah. just freaks me out a little bit but i can't front man those distractions are clutch mm-hmm. yep it's clutch i agree <laughs> and there we have it. <laughs> like, yo, life yo. with twins by recognize. Okay, you, you yeah. need to you need to close the episodes with your tagline, bro. I'm still trying to figure out if that's gonna be the tagline. Come on, son! <laughs> what is the what is the proposed tagline? The proposed tagline is indeed. <laughs> that's like bomb. That's that's been a, your like your tagline as long as I've known you. I think. Yeah, yeah, pretty that's much. His lifeline. <laughs> hey, what I um, what I do want to tell you before we go is two things. One is, um, I think Kay, you need to write a book about this diaperless baby shit because <laughs> I, it's something that I don't think I might I might not even have the like gall to try. But if you if you wrote a book, I would buy that shit. Just <laughs> well, he's gonna recommend the book. Check the no, IG. I see, I see the IG. Yeah, I see the IG. So write your own book. All right, I got you. I got you. From a hip hop perspective. All right. Um, yeah, and then, um, I, then since I've, I have listened to the show a few times, I'll, I'll end it for me by saying, um, I gotta, I gotta put one vote in for the sit down P gang. You know what I'm saying? Like oh, from okay. the first episode. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah. and, my and man. I'm gonna, you, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you how I got to that point. When I was a kid. Um, I, my, I used to go visit my dad in, in, in Oakland. He lived, he lived in Oakland for a little while. And, um, there was my dad's, my dad's born in South Africa, raised in England. Um, he's European as fuck. He gives no fucks about this kind of shit. So literally I'm like walking around like whatever, 12 years old, 13 years old at the time. And he was, he had, he was peeing in the bathroom with the door open. So I'm like walking by and I see it and I like look over and I see him peeing, right? And I, in my mind, I'm like, you know, I'm growing up in the house and that with a mom, so I'm not really getting these conversations, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, when he came out, I'm like, um, hey man, why are you sitting down to pee? You know, like, what's that about? You know? And he was like, hey man, like, I, I don't like wiping up pee, whether it's mine or my, you know, or, or whoever's. Like, I don't want, I don't want to be even my own piss. I don't want to wipe up. Mm-hmm. So basically, that's the cleanest way to go to the bathroom. And then for some reason, at that age, it just kind of like rang a bell with me, where I was like. Yeah, I kind of feel that, and it's just like ever since then, it's just like the the, mo- the ideal way. So when y'all were talking about it, I was yelling at the radio like, "Yeah, sit down." Yeah. Rick, Rick, always gave me shit about it too. I, so I, I just wanted to 
I, one time. For the, I, pr- I appreciate the solidarity and you manning up and, and professing that because now these two motherfuckers are going to get on your case. So it's, <laughs> bro, it's, I don't want my man Dingo dipping in the water, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, I'll I mean, rock so. that out in the nighttime when I don't want to wake anyone up. <laughs> no, I, tr- I, I tried I, it once. Tired. Your honor, man. Yeah, I tried it once so I wouldn't wake up the baby. And it actually worked wonders. It's yeah, amazing, man, bro. I'm telling you. You know, I'm not saying it's like you have to do it or whatever. It's better one way or the other. I just I'm just sticking up for you on the like, yo, you know, the people that are are sitting down need to stop getting harassed. I'm, you know what yeah, I mean? I'm on, yeah. like, different see? different times call for different uh, different <laughs> yes. postures, right? One hundred percent. It's definitely not a, a one size fits all there. Well, march for the sit down, man. <laughs> Squat, yo. Squat. <laughs> Oh, so you're squatting now? I mean, it's it's the closest thing to a squat when you're doing it. <laughs> Sing your ass down, bro. Wait, do you wipe it like that? <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? Yeah, do you shake it or do you wipe like like? Nah, bro. We not... lose all our potential sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> I'll Yo, sit. Huggies. Sorry, I'll... Huggies. You're not worried about the urinary tract infection? We start sliding a glass against the toilet bowl. Nah, damn, bro. dude, you making love to your toilet, dude? What are you doing? <laughs> Ali, <laughs> oh, right, you, you, you'll join us again. I'm, I'm assuming, correct? Oh man, yeah. Come on, all, all day, right. all day, nice. dude. I'm, I'm doing 18 to life over here, bro. However, <laughs> anytime. <laughs> oh, oh shit. shit! All right, Greg. Thanks, we'll, we'll man. Get, we'll, we'll get you on uh, after Disney. Hear how that went. Oh, oh man, yeah, man. For for our two and a half listeners. <laughs> all right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, call well, right. people. Find you, Rick. That's a deal, man. Holler at your boy. Uh, yeah, find me uh, at Recognize uh, everywhere and Recognize Music on Facebook. And I'm about to – I actually took like a – as far as like career goes, I took like a relaxed year as far as my solo career goes and did only a Mayday album. So because I thought I was going to go extra hard this year and then Babies came and that rearranged my whole like notion of how to get work done. So this next year coming up is my rebound year where I'm like, all right, I'm going to put my head down and really like barrel through 2019. So – um, you know, for the fatherhoods out there, it's really going to be my goal is to try and like get out double my output from last year and still be a great dad. So that's nice. the goal. Stay tuned to see if we pull that off. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Dope. All right. Indeed. All right. See how organic <laughs> that was? That one just. Oh, that was a good one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Joe, guys. Uh, I love man. y'all, man. Thanks for having me. All right, man. Later. Take it easy, Reco. Peace.